Welcome to America's Horse on America's Trail with the Mustang Discovery Ride. I'm your host, Julianne Neal. With a goal of 5,000 miles, 5,000 Mustangs, the Mustang Discovery Ride team hopes to bring attention to adoption into appropriate homes for these living legends. Enjoy the ride. Welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, get ready to hear the story of one of Lisanne's tougher days on the trail. And uh, there was this day that like the butterfly landed on me and uh, it, it didn't leave me for like 15 or 20 minutes. I mean, it would like kind of flutter off and it'd come back right back and land on me. And I just sat there and I looked at Claudia and I was like, you know, what, what is this butterfly trying to tell me? And, um, you know, we we're talking about people joining the trip. Uh, Papa Mike had just joined the trip and uh, he, he really has studied a lot of the Lakota ways. And like for the Lakota Native Americans, um, you know, they're really into like what different animals tell you. Like when you see a certain animal, that means certain things are going to come in or out of your life. And uh, it was right after uh, we kind of seen him talk with Papa and Mike, and he had explained, you know, anytime he saw an owl, uh, the owl for them represented a death, and like usually a death of a close member in your circle. And so, like he he tries to avoid owls at all at all times. But uh, for me, like this butterfly had landed on me, and I was sitting there, and I was like, oh my gosh, like this butterfly is scaring me because in a lot of ways, like butterflies are a symbol of like metamorphosizing, like you're changing from one one state to a next and uh, I just felt like this butterfly was trying to tell me something and I was like Claudia I don't know what this butterfly is trying to tell me like should we even leave today and uh, she's like I don't know but it's weird that you say that but uh, we saddled up and we rode off anyways and it, it was an incredible day uh, oh my gosh like I was so surprised by Illinois just like the beauty that it had to offer and like we're just along like these rock faced cliffs and uh, just the trees and foliage and um, I was riding with David and Marcus that day uh, through the woods, and Claudia was uh, support driving for us that day. And so uh, we are getting these awesome shots with like these incredible rocks. I'm really excited to see the footage from all of that. It's funny, you know, I get a ride on this trip, but I don't really get to see any of the film or footage that comes from it yet. So uh, I think I'll be as excited and surprised as most people who watch the documentary. So um, yeah, I was. It was just so beautiful. And then we landed at this place for lunch. Um, but on my map, it looked like there was a trailhead, like right above uh, like this place where we ended up deciding to have lunch. And I thought, you know, maybe like stairs or something that would come down um, into it, but there wasn't. And so like, there was this awkwardness because like Claudia was stuck up on top and like we were down below and we were trying to figure out how to get Claudia down to us. And then, um, uh, there was also just this beautiful little waterfall. It was called Jackson Falls. And it's, there's like this beautiful waterfall. And there's just like this nice, like little, almost like reflecting pool at the base there. And it was so hot that day. And so uh, Marcus, uh, you know, he was a 19 year old kid that was super athletic. He ends up climbing a tree to get up to Claudia where Claudia's at. So like, he's like getting the horse's grain and feed and stuff. So that way we can settle in for lunch. And I decided to take a dip in the water and stand under the waterfall. And it was just so beautiful and just so cool. And uh, unfortunately, while that was all happening, uh, David slipped on a rock. And he hurt his back really, really badly, like to the point where I didn't think he could ride out of there. So 
uh, once we knew that that injury was happening, I made the call. I was like, Hey guys, like let's set up camp here for the night. And, um, so at that point, uh, Marcus had gone and gotten a few things, but I didn't know what was happening up on top in the parking lot very much. And so apparently, uh, Claudia had found this girl who she called Blondie and, uh, David got a great interview with Claudia calling her nothing but Blondie. Katrina had just shown up to like camp at this trailhead and Claudia was like, Oh, don't camp alone. Like come camp with us. Like Claudia was, uh, she's just amazing at, you know, including people in, into this grand adventure and wanting to, uh, get everyone involved with the Mustangs. And she did. And so like, uh, Katrina's backpack gets thrown down to us down below. And, uh, Katrina is now helping Marcus, uh, get stuff for camp. So that way we can stay down there that night. Well, while that's happening, not 15 minutes after we made the introduction. Um, and it's crazy. I haven't fully seen the film yet, but David happened to be rolling. Um, and, uh, the film, the camera captured Caillou getting bit, not like physically, but the sound of it. Uh, you hear Caillou get hit. He kind of whimpers. And then, and then like, he starts just screaming, um, when that venom like hit, hit his system. And yeah, that was, that was super scary. Uh, you know, we didn't know exactly what type of snake it was. Marcus was really good at identifying different things, but he was up above. He wasn't down below with us to see the snake. And so, uh, we were calling it a water moccasin, but it actually turned out to be a uh, copperhead. Um, but with that being said, I mean, Caillou's screaming bloody murder. I'm trying to get like a little bit of a tourniquet on his legs, trying to keep that venom from going up his leg. And he's just screaming bloody murder. And again, luckily, like I'm again, back to like being grateful that it was David there. Uh, David was kept a really cool head. Cause it's just him and I down there. And Mark is essentially like, finds a tree to scramble down and he comes down and uh, we had been using this army duffel to move stuff up and down um, between like where we were setting up camp and like the trailhead above with the sport vehicle. And uh, we ended up stuffing Caillou into this um, army duffel bag. And uh, we only had ratchet straps or rope at the time. And so uh, we threw a ratchet strap up over a tree and we were able to kind of pulley hoist him up to the top. And then Marcus and Katrina just took off. Um, uh, looking for a vet with anti-venom. I mean, we also didn't have any cell phone service down there. Uh, I'm really grateful and thankful for uh, my satellite phone that I had in that moment. Um, and that was sponsored by Summit Animal Health. And so super happy that they recognized that, you know, like that was a, a essential piece of equipment that we needed. And so Caillou just took off and like, you know, like with Marcus and Katrina and I didn't, it was so hard to keep communication and David and I are stuck down in this hole, but uh, we had seen one snake prior to Caillou getting bit but again like at that point in time we didn't recognize what it was um, I've learned a lot from this event um, but Caillou got bit by another snake and then David and I both saw separate other snakes other than those so like we were like essentially stuck in this pit of vipers and in order to get out of there um, we had to go essentially like three miles back and around to get out of, like there was this beautiful like cliff face wall and it's hard to see until you, I guess you see the footage so that'll be a good thing for the film later but um and I caught just this last piece of Caillou like going up over the cliff and uh David has me like trying to like climb out of this cliff I had like climbed up this big rock and like this tree and like trying to get out but like I just couldn't do it like the like the moss was so slick and just that feeling of helplessness and hopelessness where you don't have a communication you can't 
get to anyone or anything to get out to get help. Um, you know, it kind of leaves you leaves you in a little bit of a state of panic. And I just, yeah, I mean, you just have to trust uh, trust that everything's going to work out, I guess, in a way, and keep keep your head cool. But again, that's that's the uh, you know, you're not reacting to the situation. You're you're processing it, and then and then moving forward with what what information you have. And so um, at that point I had noticed, like I, I was trying to bring up in my memory and we had ridden by this thing that said heli spot and it had an arrow pointing up in it. So I jump on Chileno and uh, I just take off back down the trail to go look at what that heli spot meant. And so um, I saw it in the daylight and uh, it it's like this climbing path to get out of there. Like it's like these huge, massive boulders, but they're, they're kind of like step stairs, but uh, on the picture, I mean, it shows like a guy like climbing them, like not hiking them, but climbing them. The horses in order to do it, like they had to collect all four feet together and then launch up to the next ledge and then collect all four feet together again and then launch up to the next ledge. Uh, but I mean, he crawled out of there. I got up there. Um, I was able to make contact with Marcus and see how Caillou was doing. Uh, at that point, we found out that like no vet in the surrounding area had any sort of anti-venom. And so he had to get hauled all the way to St. Louis, which was uh, two hours, two and a half hours away from where we were at um, for emergency medical care like that. And um, so once I've kind of touched base with the team, uh, I went back down that and it was just so sketchy going down that. Uh, I mean, I've ridden a lot of horses in a lot of different situations, but that's something that'll stand out in my mind. Well. Then I get back, David and I pack up everything, all of our camp supplies. Um, we load stash down with whatever we had come down with because Marcus wasn't riding him anymore. And um, I just tied the rope around stash's neck because I threw Zendi in the saddle with me and I had Abilene and uh, we headed off and it was dark. It was dark when we left. Well, I will say, yeah, uh, Caillou's going to get a new collar uh, out of the snake um you know I kind of felt a little bit like uh I don't know that I'm really allowed to say this you know I'm on so I don't know if you'll have to edit that out later or what but yeah that's that was skinned out and yeah Kai love new collar of pride um from that but yeah so anyways David and I are riding out and uh in the dark and it was just uh, you know David is an extreme crucial pain from slipping on that rock like he can barely move and having a really tough time with it. And, uh, you know, he's breathing through the pain, but it was more grunting and whining through everything. Uh, but you know, he jumped on Finn and it was good to know that Finn, uh, could take care of him. And we took off back down the trail. And then, uh, I asked my horses to go up that climbing deal to the helipad up top, uh, in the middle of the night in darkness with like just the little beams of our headlights. And, uh, all four Mustang, well, you know, including Abilene, like they did it. I mean, they did it in the dark and they, they're launching from one step to the next, to the next. And then they get up to the top and I, I'd taken, um, Chileno and Abilene first and had Finn follow. And so when Finn followed, uh, I had gotten mine up to the top and I went back to check to see if David was okay. And I had tied mine up. And just as I see David, uh, Unfortunately, Finn heard the other horses and he fell into a hole and he just went sideways. Like they had made it all the way at the top and Finn like falls into this hole and David fell off of him at that point. And then Finn like scrambles out of this hole and uh, just happy that everyone was okay in that, that situation. And Stash, unfortunately, like, so I had loaded this big heavy pack, just top loaded it. 
up on top of the saddle because like there was no way to counterbalance the load and uh it was so top heavy that at one point like when he was like launching up like it had tipped him over and he was like all four legs up but he found a way to like roll over and like got himself back up and out of there and I mean those horses are just absolutely incredible I just uh, I'm so happy that I had Mustangs that night um yeah because I mean they they're just the most sturdy sturdy animal around and they just pulled through at a crucial time If you'd like to support the ride and help Lisanne and the team make it across the country, please visit mustangdiscovery.com. If you'd like to support the making of the documentary and the docu-series, please visit jamediaconnections.com. We were left in a bad situation. We finally get back to camp. Uh, Marcus had taken all of our supplies with us, except for the bare minimum that we had uh, thrown down to us, which was one tent. Um, David was in critical condition as much as he doesn't want to admit that, like he wasn't in great condition. And so uh, we found some help from a place where we had stayed the night previous and had them come pick up David just to make sure that he was all right. And uh, Claudia and I hung out there in the campground. I mean, we didn't, we only had one tent. Um, We didn't really have much for like sleeping equipment or any food or anything uh, Marcus had taken all of that and left us like left the humans and horses in a really bad situation because he had taken all the food all the water everything um, from us and so that wasn't a great scenario that we were left in and uh, but like thank God like how you made it um, all the way there to the deal and um, yeah he he's still here he spent um, three days in uh, the ER and uh, David and I went and saw him while he was in the ER and uh yeah I mean it was hard to see him with his legs all shaved and uh you can still see some of it in the photos right now and he's been sloughing off the rest of the bite now but I mean he was all swollen and he's a white dog and you can usually see his pink skin underneath the white fur and it was just all black and purple um he still has some bruising from it you know and we're like three weeks out of it um but yeah just really crazy really grateful and thankful that he's here but again I mean the in a way like the show had to go on and so like even though like my dog was down like we had to figure out uh where to go and what to do next um we did take three days uh spent two of them in St. Louis just being with Caillou and then he got released and he got to come home um but yeah it it, Caillou gosh uh Caillou is my psychiatric service dog and he's trained to help me with my like severe depression and anxiety and um uh my PTSD and like to know that he was hurt and down was really hard um yeah I'm really really grateful that he's still here uh with us um yeah, but I'm also super grateful for like having a good team around me and being able to rely on my Mustangs too to get us out of that situation. Because I mean, we were just left in that pit of vipers, and David was already injured, and it was just really hard. Uh, it was a hard day situation all around, and you know, this is the prime example of like here we are in like one of the most beautiful spots that I've encountered so far on this trail, and then it's just struck with so much tragedy around it too, and uh, just the constant highs and lows of this trip. Uh, they can be so extreme so so fast but um yeah just just extra super grateful that Kai used to here but you know it really made me realize you know this this trip is is a little 
uh, can be a little dangerous. You know, I, I call myself fearless all the time, but, uh, you know, I think the reality is that there's a lot of fears out there that you just have to be brave enough to encounter anyways. But, um, yeah, I uh, just, just crazy. I don't know exactly how to conclude that, that crazy day or story very well, but, uh, yeah, just really <laughs> grateful and thankful that everyone's alive and well these days. <laughs> and, and I mean, I had, I knew of the snake bite with Caillou. I had no idea you're in a pit of vipers that, I mean, that whole, you know, I mean, that I just I can't imagine. I just can't imagine. And so then, like you said, then the show must go on. So you and David go and, and spend that time. But then right after that, you've got people coming in to ride with you. How the hell do you do that? And, and what, I mean, do they see all of the, behind the scenes or do you put on a brave face and just keep riding down the road? How do you do it? Yeah, that's a good question. And most days I don't even know uh, how I think a lot of it is, is like you're just in shock and like, you're just rolling through the motions of everything. Um, yeah, it was kind of crazy how it all happened. Cause those two gals came up from Georgia and I just felt so bad that they had come up. I was a bit of an emotional wreck. We had postponed like our leaving day. Cause I was in the ER with Caillou and then, um, yeah, it was just absolutely crazy. And then, uh, unfortunately for them, they had a bit of an adventure themselves. Like while we were waiting for Caillou, um, in the ER, like, uh, they, had accidentally uh, hit the truck with the trailer and blown out their back window. And so like they had to go get that replaced and um, all of their batteries had died on their truck and trailer and they had to go get all of those replaced. So they were on their own adventure um, along kind of alongside of uh, our adventure. And then we end up only riding uh, one day together. And uh, while we were riding, it was crazy. Um, Chileno did something he's never done before. So usually like when Chileno goes off the road and into the grass, uh, he usually has to go pee because he doesn't want to pee on the asphalt. So I don't blame the guy, uh, <laughs> but he had like walked off the road and um, he just like coupled up and like what I thought was like him stretching out to pee was him like coupling up to a, and he just laid down. And uh, it was just the weirdest thing. Like he just laid down right there next to the road and he had never done anything like that. I mean, this is the horse that never stopped moving. He's been like my rock solid hero. Um, so we all get off and uh, we had to walk to a safer spot on the road, probably a half a mile up the road. And then we stop. And as I'm trying to get the saddle off of him, he tries to lay down again. Uh, but it wasn't colicky behavior at all. Um, so Marcus was support driving that day. Um, I called him, we took his temperature. He did have a fever. Uh, I called the vet back that I first met in West Virginia when uh, Chileno had shown signs of tick fever. And uh, he said that like horses generally, once they have Lyme's disease, uh, there will be flare ups like from here on out um, every year. And so Chileno was having another flare up of tick fever. So we decided to call it quits that day. And then, um, but Chileno wasn't supposed to move for the next three to five days. And unfortunately like for those girls like you know we were trying to figure out what the best solution was since they had just driven all the way from Georgia but like here like I can't ride one of my main horses and like at that time we didn't have a support truck and trailer and that was the whole saga within itself and like a shit show I, don't, I should cuss less on this but it's just been stressful That's uh, like these last these last few days you can beef it all out yeah uh, but yeah so um, we didn't have the support truck and trailer. And so there was no way really for me to like trailer my horses anywhere. Um, 
and that was really stressful. So like while uh, so the gals that had come up from Georgia, they had a two horse trailer, and um, we had six animals with my four in there too. And so we were doing three trips back and forth, back and forth to like get to a safe space uh, for Toledo to rest. And while we were doing that, uh, I made the decision and I bought a red eye flight um, in that moment to fly back to. Wyoming to go buy a support truck and uh yeah it was it was crazy just how quickly it all happened but I just knew that you know like I think in a way un- sometimes unfortunately but like everything happens for a reason on this trail and I uh, you know I think Chileno knew that in a way like I was really stressed about a lot of things going on and like uh him going down it wasn't the worst thing it wasn't like he was like in critical care or anything and he was going to be okay it was just a little flare-up of whatever um, we got the doctor cycling for him and back on him. And, uh, but it gave me the space and the days and the time to go get, uh, a support truck and trailer. And so that, I mean, that, that was like an epic, epic saga within itself, but it also like, you know, I was a little stressed out about the whole Caillou deal, um, still. And so, uh, Caillou again is my service dog. And so he was able to fly with me and it was so good to like have that one-on-one time with him, um, flying home. So I, I was really happy to have that. thousand horses standing and holding right now and holding pins across America and so we're trying to ride to inspire the adoption of 5,000 of these guys from holding and we're trying to show through like a variety of different things like the versatility of the Mustangs. I mean we're we're here for the horses and it's just so cool like how the love of horses can unite everyone on such a front. I'm just excited with like where the ball is going and rolling and uh, I think that's what keeps me going and motivated on a lot of days when uh, you know like I don't want to get out of bed and I don't want to face whatever the day might have to throw at me um, but these Mustangs you know they continue to like re-inspire me every day and like they just keep me going and uh, you know I have to do this for them I mean they've done so much for me and I want to see more of those relationships ignite across America with everyone who adopts a, a wild horse. That's what these animals give you. They say, you know what? We're gonna impart some tools with you. And that's what's gonna save this community. Not doing this other stuff. Paxil's not gonna save us. Zoloft isn't gonna save us. It's gonna be getting tools we can build on and begin with healthy relationships. Because when you have healthy relationships and support at home, you can get through anything. Get through anything. planting those little seeds every day and I'm excited to see them grow in the future.
If you'd like to know more about the ride, please visit www.mustangdiscovery.com. If you'd like to support the upcoming documentary or docu-series, please visit jamediaconnections.com. We really do appreciate your support.